I want to welcome you to this special Street Soldiers Education Town Hall right here at PS 284 in Brownsville. So excited to be here. I've spent a lot of time in Brownsville over the years with community organizations, volunteer work, and also covering stories for the news. So I'm really happy to be here talking about something that's so important to our kids, but also to us as a society. And one of the reasons that we are here is because of the guests, the guests that we have on this panel, which I'm gonna to introduce to you and bring everybody out before I start yapping and get everyone talking. Let me bring out the man who brought us here, State Senator Jesse Hamilton. Thank you so much, thank you. Thank you, if you could sit right here, that would be great. Also with, us, also with us is a woman who has devoted her life to helping families and children navigate the educational system and also help children realize their full potential. She's a licensed clinical social worker. She also has her master's from Columbia University, Brooklyn's own LaShawn Paul. <laughs> Thanks, Lisha. I'm gonna have you sit right here, okay? Also, you, you might have heard of this program and organization called Made in Brownsville. We're really excited for the first time on Street Soldiers to have Quardine Lewis Allen. He's the founder and president of Made in Brownsville, which helps young people develop the tech skills they need to get jobs in the changing economy. So please help me welcome Quardine. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for being Okay, and this next guest, he's here for a lot of reasons. Uh, one of them is that he has been one of the earliest supporters of Street Soldiers. How many of you remember when we were on Hot 97 Sunday nights at 9 p.m. at night? You would call in. Thank you. He was one of our first hip-hop guests. He's been with us at many community events throughout the years. You've seen him on Love and Hip Hop. He's also a father, he's a husband, he's an outspoken proponent of black love, and uh, he's just an amazing man all the way around, hip-hop artist, Papoose. Thank you so much, baby, thank you. Thank you, great, I'll put you right here. So what we wanted to start talking about is the, the situation right now as it exists for young people, children, and also families. We're in a very special school here at PS 284, where by next year, Principal Pitts just told me a few moments ago, it will be what's called a one-to-one -one school. One-to-one -one, technology. One -one technology, which means every child will have their own laptop. How about that? That's pretty amazing. And there's a, lot of good, there's a lot of good things going on, but you know, you know how we do on Street Soldiers? I gotta keep it 100 first. While there's these amazing things happening and why so many, while so many parents and so many families are fighting for their children, it's against a backdrop where we see some of the same problems that have plagued the community for many, many years. We've seen systemic racism. We've seen lack of opportunity. We've seen stereotypes. We've seen lack of resources. And what that has done is some of our panelists have will talk about and demonstrate to you and have demonstrated with their own careers, that has made people more resourceful, more determined, but by the same token, you don't always wanna be swimming upstream. So what we wanted to do was to highlight the good, but we're gonna keep it real about 
where those areas are that need to be improved upon and also what the real, the very real challenges are. We know about the challenges here. What ongoing challenge faced in this community that many other communities in New York are being relieved of is that threat of daily violence every single day. That is very real and very traumatic. That's one thing. The economics, one of the most economically challenged areas in the country. Resources, not getting the same resources as other communities do. And then, and then there's just the role model example that our kids see every day when they're walking down. I went out with our street team, with, with Eli and with Amantha, our production assistant. We were walking around on the playgrounds, talking to people. And you know what? There were 20 to 30 women, too, 20 to 30 men. People are smoking and drinking and doing their thing. But it's right by the playground where the kids are playing. So. And that's fine, but if they, you know, that's fine and that's cool and no judgment here, but if that's all they're seeing every day on the way to school, on the way out of school, that has an impact on them. So, so Senator Hamilton, I want to start with you. Give us a big picture about this because you told me something shocking that this community has no regular high school but does have two juvenile detention facilities. What kind of message does that send? It's, it's a message that is disturbing, but before we start, I just want to acknowledge the city councilman, Alika Sanfrey. Please stand up. All right, Alika. And we're, we're in the Gregory Jackson School, Lisa, who was an icon in our community, and his wife has said, Mrs. Jackson, please stand up, please. Give everybody a hand. All right. <laughs> All right. So what, what we're fighting right now, they want to put another detention center in Brownsville. And we're oversaturated right now with detention centers, not having one high school. So what we did, we, we created the campus, the first of its kind in public housing in the United States, where we have technology. We teach kids are learning how to, how to code, how to create, create apps. Because you can make $80,000 a year if you have, with, a, with a high school diploma if you, if you have a certificate in coding. Then we have wellness. We have psychiatrists, psychologists, and social workers of color talking to our children. Because the second leading cause of death for our children is suicide. And then we have, oh my God. We have an anti-gang violence uh, initiative. And just yesterday, five people were shot in Brownsville. You know, so that's something we have to deal with. And then workforce development. So when a person applies for it, how do, how do you apply for a job? How do you create a resume? How do you do an interview? And so we also have kids read books about becoming a doctor. And then we bring in Dr. Sampson with the three doctors. Right. The kids just like, and they liberate their minds. And we also have, um, we gave, we show hidden figures. And then we had a, a, a NASA engineer, uh, Anna McGowan, come to the school and talk to the children. So if we give our kids the, the proper tools in order to learn, they can thrive. But right now, we don't want the city to make Brownsville a dumping ground uh, for, for um, uh, centers, for shelters now. Uh, we have the highest, we're ranked number one in Brooklyn right now for shelters. We have five new hotels in, in, in Brooklyn right now. And they're, and they're all, all for shelters. And they're all for shelters. So affordable housing should be living in the shelter because a shelter is all, it's, it's, it's for the, your mental health is not good, your physical health is not good, and kids should not be growing up in a shelter going to school. We wanna change that whole narrative. Exactly. Cordine, let me bring you into the conversation. Thank you. You grew up in Brownsville, you live in Brownsville, and you work with a lot of the young people in terms of, of the technology. You also ended up with a, a master's in architecture from Harvard. Tell us about what some of the challenges are in terms of getting an edu education. Because you can learn really fast how to you know, hustle. That's easy. That's right out there in your face every day. But how do you learn to navigate this new economy? Um, I think one of, one of the biggest things that um, I, benefited me when I was uh, 
between high school and, and college, um, I, I, I actually went and sought out, um, I, I had never seen a black architect before, for instance, right? Um, that was a problem, right? And I realized later that less than 2% of licensed architects are black. Um, but I knew I wanted to be an architect. I wanted to impact safety, uh, public safety in my neighborhood through design. I wanted to make public housing better, you know, for, for uh, residents and, uh, and friends and family. And so, um, but the first black architect I ever met, uh, he was the person that told me, oh, you should go to school with a better name. He's the only reason I applied to Harvard, right? Because I didn't think that I could go to uh, Harvard, right? If, if you have, People, uh, opportuners, I call them, right? Like, I, I'm an opportunist. I, I, I need somebody to enable me to, to be great, to, to actually believe in myself enough to, to, uh, to reach for the scars, like reach beyond what I think that I can do and actually uh, guide my steps and give me things that I, I, I didn't know that I needed, right? I didn't know that I'd, I didn't know where to go when I was applying for college to, to, to turn uh, my portfolio, which was these huge pictures, into little micro films that go into the projectors and that made me ineligible for a lot of colleges, right? If there was someone there, I could have, I could have had a different trajectory, right, at that, that, that particular moment. We're gonna talk about some of the tools, but I just I wanna get everyone in here in this first segment. LaShawn, in terms of just the violence piece connected with how people feel about themselves, just give us a brief idea of that. I feel like whenever you don't, I'm probably gonna get a little closer. So whenever you don't really think anything of yourself, not much is gonna come out of it, right? So whenever anyone, all you see is violence and poverty around you, you're almost expected to kind of perpetuate that lifestyle. And if you don't have someone pouring into you dreams, when a lot of people's dreams have kind of been like squashed in communities such as Brownsville, they're literally, you feel hopeless and you turn to what you know. So ultimately, mentally, you just absorb what the environment gives you. And unless you find that person that is going to pour into you the positive things, then unfortunately, you're most, more likely to, to do what you see. And those things will, those things will happen, that, that trajectory. Papoose, when you hear about the situation here and so many great people in this, in this room and in this auditorium, doing such positive things, but the challenges, like the senator was saying, are pretty immense. What do you, what do you think about that? Because you've been all over the world. Yeah, I mean, I, first and foremost, peace to everybody that's here today. Um, I just feel like, I mean, I'm actually devastated to hear what y'all said, that they, they, uh, they have two detention centers, but one regular high school. Because it's a known fact, and through statistics, it's been proven that 67% of the people who are incarcerated don't have high school diplomas. So they're outright telling us that our kids don't deserve an education. And the only education they deserve is in a detention center, which will they, they will only be taught criminality to come home and do the crime they did last time allegedly more better. So I just feel like as a people, we have to do something about that. What can we do about that? And um, it's just very disturbing, you know, sometimes how, you know, we, we might point the finger at the youth, but why, why is it that the schools are sometimes a pipeline to prison when they get in trouble in school? Why is it a crime? So those are some of the things that concern me, you know, sitting here and, and, and finding this out. And I think that we, we got to figure out as a people, what can we do to make that better instead of blaming the youth? Let's find out what's the problem and fix and make, it. Make sure we're giving them everything they need, definitely. 
This is Street Soldiers, our special education town hall from Brownsville. I'm Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Yo, Safari checking in live, and you know that outside is cold weather. Nobody else do it better, and she don't do cheap leather. That's why I'm here rocking with Lisa Evers. Street! Welcome back to this special episode of Street Soldiers. It's our education town hall here in Brownsville. Let me introduce our panel to you. Joining us is hip-hop superstar Papoose. Also with us is Brooklyn's own State Senator Jesse Hamilton, fighting for the kids. LaShawn Paul, a licensed clinical social worker who helps children and families. And also Cordine Lewis Allen, a Brownsville resident, founder and CEO of Made in Brownsville. Let's talk about some of the things that can stand in a child's way. That one of the examples is just basic necessities like food. The school PS 284, they give kids three meals a day because, so that at the end of the school day, they go home and they're not hungry, and I think that's fantastic. But Senator Hamilton, there's uh, kids on the weekend. What do they do on the weekends? Yeah, we realize a lot of kids on the weekend don't have you know, food in their homes. So we provide free breakfast, lunch, and dinner during the weekend for some kids who are living shelters to make sure that they have nutrition. You shouldn't come to school you know, being hungry. And one thing I, we, we did last year, we had some, a young girl came to me, she said, Senator Hamilton, why is black history only about Dr. King, slavery, uh, uh, Frederick Douglass, and Harriet Tubman? And I said, you know what, why is that? And so I said, you know what, I want to change that narrative and have black history taught from kindergarten through high school, not just one month a year, but every, the full semester. Into every community. Into every, yes, into every yes. community, and so, every neighborhood. I got the bill passed in the state senate, 62 to, to uh, unanimous, and I was happy. I said, wow, we're going to get black history in the schools. And once we get it passed in the assembly, we'd be okay. And then two weeks later, I started getting hate mail. Why, how dare you want to introduce black history to my children, calling me the N-word. And so this is what we're facing in our country today in 2018 when we push for black education, people are pushing back because our kids need to see positive images of themselves in school, and when they're not seeing it. And so I thank uh, uh, Principal Jackson for having about 10 black males in the school doing the right thing. Principal Jackson, where are you? Yeah. He, he left? He's outside, yeah. So let me, let, Let's talk about some, some of the stereotypes. LaShawn, in terms of the, the impact on kids, everybody, please feel free to jump in, because of course I'm thinking of a million questions, but please feel free to jump in. In, in terms of, you, in, you know, yes, the zip code a lot of times, your zip code a lot of times, as, as you all said before the show, can be your destiny, and that can determine you know, how far ahead you can get in life without a lot of big obstacles. But like, in terms of the kids that make it, in terms of the people that do succeed, are there certain personality traits? Are there certain things that they do? I feel like no one is innately born with a trait to succeed, right? But what we need to do in not only provide food, but mental health to children, because Brownsville and communities such as Brownsville, they live, a lot of the children live below the poverty guideline, right? And without providing mental health and only focusing on disciplinary and academics, they do them a disservice by not really giving them the social and emotional component that they claim that they are from the time they're in pre-K. So our children are given a lot more time out. And, and, and instead of being talked to and socialized in a way that they can benefit and grow into Children in society that are successful, they're disciplined and brought into, obviously, detention centers. And that's feeding them. Well, actually, I went to school maybe 10 minutes away from here. 
at PS 137 on Saratoga Ave between Chauncey and Bainbridge. So I'm pretty familiar with this neighborhood. And one thing I can honestly say, growing up back then, my teachers taught me a lot. You know, they didn't, they didn't just read out of the book and teach us like that. They taught us about great poets, which helped me inspire to become an artist like Langston Hughes. You know, she would close the door and teach us these type of things. She, she brought great books into the class, like the spook that sat by the door and um, things of that nature. And I gotta say that I'm not sure if the teachers are doing that these days because I have children. And I've, I, have I have had experiences where teachers have made comments like, hey, I'm just here for a check. And the, the students can pick up on that and that reflects on them. And that, you know, it kind of puts them down and not inspire them to be greater. So I think we gotta get stronger teachers, you know? And I like what you said earlier. I, I, yeah, thank you. I love what you said earlier when you said that they're going to have, if I'm saying it wrong, you correct me, you said one-on-one, one-on-one, they're going to have a computer for each student. And I want to commend this school for that because I'm very aware, yeah. I'm very aware that outside of the black and Latino communities, they've been had that. They've been having, they've they been have had, they have computers when they say that they did. Why, why, why don't we have that? Why don't we have amazing, amazing music programs for the students? Right, that definitely. I would, I would participate in that. Why don't we have gyms and ball fields for them so that they can get right. athletic scholarships? Exactly, because music is not just one dimensional. You know, right. through, through music, when you learn music properly, you learn how to count BPMs, which is multiplication. You learn how to count 16 bars. So you can also learn mathematics through music. So why don't we have that in our schools for our children available? Party, what about that? Because you, you, you emphasize the, the, te the technology and those skills that, that are so in demand in the workplace right now, but that a lot of our schools are not giving our kids. Yeah, and I think that the, the limitation, obviously, with, with schools often is, is, is budgetary, right? Like it's, a, um, you know, uh, the, the investment um, from our, our politicians. Um, Luckily, we, we, we're here in Brownsville, we have the campus, thanks to the, the senator here, but I, I think not everywhere has that access. I think for, for me, um, I think the, the framing of, of the, the question around like who has access and, and how much of it um, is really um, a question of who's willing to invest in, in place. Um, and, and it really deals with the question of like brain drain, right? Like we, we, we're creating awesome, brilliant people here, right, and they, they go on to do awesome, brilliant things, but I, I don't think they always come back to the place, right? There's a quote, that, um, Alfred Kazin, who grew up in Brownsville uh, in, early, uh, in the early uh, 1900s, he, he said, the Brownsville's measure of success is one's ability to get away from it, and I think we need to flip that and show that the measure of success would be uh, your ability to give back to it, right, and, and come back to the place. That's what makes having, I, I feel like we rely, rely so much on the school system in order to educate our children instead of parents and the community members getting involved and the importance of mentors. Um, and even though there are so many different organizations within Brownsville and other areas, it's about finding the people to tell them about those resources where a lot of them unfortunately don't know about it, right? So if you do know a skill to find even one person, it doesn't have to be a school-wide thing, find one student that you may, and, and that's where the teachers have to kind of do the job to point out like, that's your interest, I'm gonna find you someone that can do that for you. No, that's definitely important. Yeah, I, remember, I remember when we first started the campus and Eric Adams gave us a half a million dollars. And then something when Latrice Walker was there, 
who was born in Brownsville, and she said, you know what, you know, this is the first time people are actually giving money to Brownsville, and we just need more of a commitment from the parents to get involved, because we have 60,000 people living in Brownsville. If we were to vote and get politically active, you know, so it's a matter of that's a big voting block. A great voting block. That, great. Then you start seeing the youth centers come in. Come you in. start seeing the music programs right. come right. in, right. Right. And, and all that kind of stuff. Papa, as a parent, what do you what do you do for your kids in terms of education and helping them navigate through those times when people are not really giving them, you know, their best or a chance? Oh man, I'm I'm very involved. You know, I, I check my kids' homework. Whenever I'm not on the road working and I'm home, I make sure I sit down and I look over the homework. My oldest daughter is in college. Oh, that's great. Yes, yes. Actually, next month, I'm very happy. Next month, my, my younger daughter, she's graduating from high school. I'm very proud of her. All right. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm really proud. And, um, you know, one of the things I do is I communicate with the teachers. You know, I don't, I don't just get on top of my child and discipline them when they do wrong, but when they do good, I reward them and let them know that you did a great thing. And um, I communicate to the teachers through pupil pass and through text messaging, and you know they keep me informed. If there is a problem, I sit down and I speak to them and say, hey, this is unacceptable, you have to do better. And they see the bigger picture and they do better. So I think as parents, like they said, we have to be more involved. That's very important, but the fact still remains that we get the short end of the stick. You know, New York City gives a certain amount of money to the schools for each student. And it's a known fact, and you guys can look this up. The black and Latino community gets half of what they get outside of our community for each student. So, you know, these are things that have to be addressed. And as parents, we have to be more involved. And I honestly can say that, how many, I want to ask the question, how many of y'all are parents that's in the audience today? So I think all of these people love their children. They're here today. Mm -hmm. So right. we are willing to step up to the plate, but as citizens, we deserve a fair end of the stick. Absolutely. The, um, in, in, in terms of finding out, Senator, in terms of finding out uh, resources for parents, what kinds of things are there available? We have a resource guide. We also, um, we're big on technology. Uh, we have digital girls here. We have uh, uh, Blue 1647. And we, we'll make sure that all kids have access to computers. As Principal Pitt said, next year all kids will have laptops. In, in private schools, they don't even have textbooks anymore. Everything's on a tablet, right. you know, so we have to engage our children, open their minds up, and, and teach them more about themselves, about black history, and it takes the parents also, as Papa said, to get in their child's education. Everybody here is in their child's education, but when we walk outside this room, outside, people outside, like you said, drinking beer, smoking cigarettes, doing whatever, and the kids are right by seeing that interaction. So I think right now, technology is a key for our children to do better. No, we can definitely do better. Um, we're going to continue this conversation. The next segment, I'm going to come into the audience. If you have questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we have this amazing panel here that, uh, with a lot of experience and a lot of perspectives. And you know, we'll see what we can learn from them even further. So I'm, I'm going to come down in just a moment. And so if you have a question or comment, please raise your hand. I'll come and, and let's talk and let's keep it moving. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Our special education town hall from Brownsville. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Sierra, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, baby, and real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers, our special education town hall from Brownsville. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Let me introduce our amazing panel, hip-hop superstar and parent, Papoose. 
State Senator Jesse Hamilton, LaShawn Paul, a clinical social worker, and Quardine Allen Lewis. And what we're focusing on is what can be done to make sure that our kids get the best education possible, live the best lives possible, even when the deck is stacked against them culturally and in terms of society. So who has a question or comment here? All right, let me go to City Council Member Alika Amphrey Samuel. Stand up, please. Great to have you here with us. Thank you, thank you. I just wanna, so I'm the city councilwoman for Brownsville, born and raised in Brownsville, born and raised in New York City Housing Authority. And I just wanna say that the, the narrative about Brownsville and the narrative about our community is always so negative. And I mean, you know, the panelists said, you know, had some great um, comments, but I just wanna not lose the fact that I was born and raised in Brownsville, Q was born and raised in Brownsville, and then when you look out in the audience, we have an amazing papoose, and my mom's a school safety agent at 137, and, but we also have State Assemblywoman Latrice Walker, who's an attorney in the audience, born and raised in NYCHA in Brownsville. We have Dion Turner, who's here, who's a teacher here in Brownsville. We have Tamika Mathis, who's a principal, born and raised right here in NYCHA in Brownsville. We have Greg Jackson Jr., who's a principal, um, family has a nothing but history here in Brownsville. We have Ms. Kiva Pitts, whose family was raised right here in Brownsville. And so when we talk about the education and we talk about our community, let's not lose the fact that we are not, I'm not an example, like I'm not, I'm not the, uh, I'm not the exception. We are all examples of Brownsville. And so I want the narrative to be just that, right? The fact that no matter what, no matter how many odds are stacked against us, we continue to rise, we continue to thrive, we continue to succeed. But they don't tell that story. They always tell the negative. And that so story. that's why I'm we're happy. So that's I'm happy. I'm happy about the media. I'm, I'm happy that you are here and you always find a way to make sure that the people know what's going on. But you know, I, I just wanted to just put that out there because there's a lot of people in the audience that are doing amazing things. Trina's here. We have amazing people born and raised in our community doing amazing things. This is a beautiful community with just some bad rotten apples that we got to get rid of and so I just wanted to put that out there all right thank you so much thank you so much city council member Olivia Andrew Samuel Ms. Pitts could I ask you to stand up for a second because I want to I want to acknowledge you this is Ms. Pitts she's the principal of the school and one of the things you said to me let me put you over here so we can see one of the things you said to me before the, before the town hall that I thought was so amazing was how you're incentivizing education so the kids see a direct connection between if they do well, if they show initiative, if they're motivated like you have to do, every single one of our panelists and all the amazing people here in the audience, that they make that connection, that they're gonna get a, re a reward, not when they're 18 or 21 or 35 or whatever, but right now, tell us, tell us about that, how that's working. So it's been working really well. Actually, our attendance has increased over the past couple of years, because what we do, we do monthly um, attendance incentives. So our students that come to school every day, they may get rewarded by gift cards. They may get incentives where they get to go on various trips. So every day, it's important for you to be here. That's key in step number one, for you to make the choice to come to school every day. And initially, we had a struggle with that, but with the help of our teachers and our community members, we're able to incentivize a variety of different things. We do it for academics as well. So we have a trip going for our students who took a stand to be here to 
engage in test sophistication. They know what to do, and our parents have been backing us in regards to that. We just have to make sure that we push it even more. So between our teachers and our parents, we're able to get our students in on a regular basis. I think that in regards to District 23 and Brownsville in particular, we're on the rise. So Brownsville is definitely on the rise, definitely. And you're one of the reasons for that. You're one of the reasons for that. Thank you so much. How about some questions or comments? Stand up, because, and tell, come over here, please. I got, I got to put you over here where the, where the cameras are and everything. So, so t tell us your question or your comment. Uh, my comment is, I'm just going to piggyback off uh, what Pat Poo said. My name is Aramis Guzman. I'm a parent of three children. They go to PSIS 41. Um, it all starts at home, is what we feed our children when they come home from school. You know, remembering and reminding ourselves that what we feed our children is what they take back to themselves in school. So if your child comes home and they're frustrated, they don't understand the homework, it's not fair to come and call them stupid. Words are very powerful, especially in our culture. We have to remember that what we use is, is the ammunition for them to then take back with them to use against what, what we call the the struggle with deciding who they really are. So we have to make sure that we feed our children positive words, letting them know that, you know, it's a stepping stone. Also, um, Let me I'm, get a response yeah, to that, what you think of what you're gonna no, say. No, no, I got it, I got it, I got yeah. it. Also, I forgot to remind you guys, um, I'm also- He knows that Mike might not come yeah, back. Yeah, it's yeah. all right, it's all right, I recognize. It's, it's all good. You also, move, okay. Also, we operate, um, we're, we're actually, trying to launch what's called a FAM organization for District 23. What it is is fathers as mentors, and also we're trying to launch mothers as mentors. What that's gonna do is, is gonna bring the fathers back into our schools. Papoose, what about that? What do you think about that idea? 100%, I agree. We gotta encourage our children. Like I said, you know, don't just get angry at them if, if they do something wrong, but reward them when they get good grades, when they get a high score on the test. Give them a reward, you know, don't just, buy expensive Jordans that come out for no reason. You know, if you're going to do that, do that as a reward for a good report card, you understand, right. or for a high grade. So right. I agree with what the brother said 100%. All right, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Oh, go ahead, Courtney. And more to that point, if I may, like the incentivizing, um, you know, positive behavior, things that you want to see is, is, is brilliant, right? Like at Made in Brownsville, that's what we're doing in terms of uh, paid apprenticeship to learn design and technology. You, 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 graphic design, web development, videography, photography, if you're actually in, in, in enabling them, that, that you're validating their talent, the thing you do most is the thing you do best. If we tell them the thing that you're, you're really talented in, we'll, we'll pay you for that thing. It'll, it'll, it'll uh, break the barriers to the boundaries that uh, keep them out of STEAM and professions. They, they, they see that, that's, that incentive is right there. Absolutely. LaShawn, let me ask you this, because there's that phrase like, speak it into existence. Absolutely. So, and a lot of times parents get frustrated, and the, there is, it slips out. It's like, you're so stupid. Why can't you understand that? Or these, these types of things, but our, our are positive phrases as powerful as well? Positive phrases are, it's everything. I have a four-year-old and every day, now without me, he does his words of affirmation, right? So he does, I, I am enough, I'm capable. So like, even when he wants to not do something, he goes, I, I'm not capable. And I'm like, you can switch that around and you can do it. It's frustrating and it's challenging, but we can work through it. What do you need help with, right? So instead of saying you're stupid to your child and berating them, bring them to the people, tutors. Take them to somewhere else. There's free resources in the community and after school available. And not make them in order feel to like they're yeah. alone, right? Exactly. Not that they're not alone. Because there's a team behind them and they should recognize that they're not alone, especially as a, a youth. Especially as a youth. What's your question or comment? I have a comment. 
Um, my name is Coco Puff from SOS Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn. I'm not from Brownsville, but I had to be here because Senator Jesse Hamilton does so many great things, and I just wanna, I just wanna be a part of it. I brought my kids here, and Papoose, they want a picture. So um, I just wanna say this. Everybody had a lot of great topics, but we have to realize why a lot of parents are not involved. Why? And it's called trauma. A lot of people are not understanding why parents do what they do and the kids follow suit. It's because of trauma. If you waking up six o'clock in the morning and you seeing your mom drunk, or you seeing an uncle sliding in the bathroom nodding off, and these are things that you grew up with your whole life seeing. These are things that you open up the refrigerator, you don't see no food, but you see beer. You understand what I'm saying? And you could be the smartest kid on the planet, and it could come from your DNA. It don't always have to come from, you know, somebody teaching you, teaching you to you. It could come from your DNA. But if you see all this stuff going on in your life every day, you understand? You will come to school with that still on your mind. And that's why you can't embrace the education. That's why you can't embrace the learning. And then you have parents who went through this or are recovering from this, and they put their anger and their frustration and their trauma onto their children. And let's get a response, because you know we're always up against the clock. LaShawn, you want to take that? I totally agree. I believe that trauma is generational, and the only way to deal with the effects of trauma is to have some form of intervention. It's one of the reasons why I feel like it's very important for the school system, which they fail to do, is to put social workers in each school and not share one social worker for three schools in a week, right? Children need that person in order to kind of teach them another way and teach them the behavioral and emotional components that they need to survive. As she mentioned, Brownsville isn't necessarily all a bad thing because if I'm living in poverty and not given enough, I'm resilient, right? So it's changing those that that that, that, that narrative in a way to make it turn that negative into the positive and bring from there to in order to combat trauma by creating different outlook and resources. That's exactly what never ran, never will means. Right. Listen, resiliency. You want to say something, Hardy? Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I was just. Exactly what never ran, never will means is, is being resilient. I'm from the Ville, never ran, never will. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I got you. All right, I got you. <laughs> Trauma can make or break you, but as we see here in Brownsville, everybody, it didn't break you. It's making a lot of people. It's making a lot of people. So thank you. I'm happy to be here. All right, Coco. Thank you so, thank you so much. This is Street Soldiers, our special education town hall from Brownsville. I'm Lisa Evers, your host. We'll be right back. What up, this is Trey Songz and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people, only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. This is our special education town hall from Brownsville. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Let me introduce our panel to you. Hip hop superstar and parent, Brooklyn's own Papoose. Also with us is State Senator Jesse Hamilton. LaShawn Paul, licensed social worker. And also Cordine Allen Lewis, who is the uh, CEO and founder of Made in Brownsville. Promoting technology. Okay, I wanna go to the audience and take some questions. I wanna talk with Katrina here for a minute. You wanted to say something? Yes. Um, being with Wheelchair in New York 2018, I'm working on a very important platform to bring self-advocacy into schools and make it an inclusive environment for students with disabilities so that all students can interact with students without disabilities. And I want to celebrate disability awareness in all public schools. That is so awesome. 
That is beautiful. That is really beautiful. Thank you so much for speaking out. And what do you, what do you want people to know about people with disabilities that, that we might not understand? Um, that we all have abilities and gifts and talents to share with the world and never leave us out from anybody else because we can all have something to offer to the world. Do you feel, I love it. Do you feel, do you feel sometimes like people are afraid to come over to you and talk to you because you are in a wheelchair? Yes, because they don't know that I have a lot of knowledge and experience to share with them. Well, obviously. And thank you so much for coming out to our Street Soldiers Town Hall. You're welcome. All right, thank you very much. And congratulations on, on winning the pageant. All right, thank you. Is that awesome? Let's give her a big round of applause. Okay, let me get to the let me get to this line. I'm going to ask you to come stand up over here so we're in the in the camera view here in the panel. Everybody can hear. Thank this is Assembly Assemblywoman Walker. Thank you. Yes. So I just wanted to respond to uh, the last commentary that I've heard, and I heard trauma. I've heard victimized, I've heard preventive measures, I've heard incentives, I've heard that sometimes people's existence is problematic, right? But I also heard our councilwoman talk about our experiences, a brother who was addicted to crack, where my brother coming home high was a part of my experience. But if you tell me it's trauma, then you added a level of negativity to my experience, right? And someone said words are powerful. And then we internalize that our experience is that of negativity. It needs to be turned around. There's a problem with it. So I think that as we, as you mentioned, to, to consider some options for solutions, that we have to control the language that we're using on our children even when we're trying to help them because they are internalizing the language that we use. And granted, there were a number of things. Like I would, you know, I talk about how we even had a, a philosophy where they were shooting outside. We knew to get on the floor, roll up underneath a car, roll into a corner, but that again was a part of our experience, but it didn't stop us from going to Brooklyn Tech. It didn't stop us from going to college. It didn't stop us from well, becoming a Tell me what, I gotta, I gotta cut you off right there because I think it's pretty obvious to everyone in this room right now that nothing can stop anybody from Brownsville, period, end of story. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Got it, thank, thank you. So, so thank, thank you, because so control our language. All right, and to, speaking of language, we got the word master right here, Papoose. Yeah. What, what about the power of language? Oh, Talk man. to us about that. The power of language is, is so amazing. When I was young, I once read that Malcolm X read the entire dictionary, and that inspired me to read the entire dictionary. And um, I, I read it from the front to the back, and um, that's how I, I was able to invent the song Alphabetical Slaughter, which is one of my best, you know, best yes. songs ever. So language, language is very important, you know, how we, how we speak to our children and, for, you know, sticks and stones, you know, may break bones, but words will never hurt. That's true to a certain degree, especially with the youth. So I think language is a, is a big thing and w without learning proper language and learning vocabulary words, great vocabulary words from my amazing teachers, you know, I, I wouldn't be who I am today. You know, we would line up down at PS 137 and I, I still remember it to this day. That's why 
my message is to the teachers because I still remember certain things that they taught me. And every morning when we lined up to go to, before we went to class, they would make us recite, believe, achieve, succeed. Also, they brought entertainers into the auditorium during the assemblies, and they, he sung a, one of the guys sung a great song about Dr. Martin Luther King. I learned everything about Dr. King in that song, and I, can, and I can recite it word for word. So kids hold on to things. Be careful what you teach them. Be careful what you say to them. Like the sister said, language is very important. Very important. Okay, come up here real quick. Okay, what's your question or comment? Well, I just want to uh, let everybody know, um, my name is John King. And I'm a community outreach consultant for Guns Down Life Up, New York City Health and Hospitals' response to gun violence in our communities, injury prevention also. But I'm looking forward to working with everybody that's on the panel. We have an interactive after-school program that's based inside the hospital. We teach the kids photography, music, and we have a fashion component that's entrepreneurial. We go from design to retail. We are partnered with Dr. J Stores, and he's uh, promised us that the kids can sell their designs in the stores. But what I'm looking for right now from, from, the, from the panel is just the information to get in touch with you. I know you're busy, you got schedules, it's hectic, and you spoke about the detention centers. I'm one of the credible messengers to go inside the detention centers to speak to the kids. So okay. I'm very aware. And I think you have, a, you, have a, you have a lot to offer, and the program has been around for a long time. I know you've done a lot of good work. And let's talk about connection afterwards so we don't cut into other people's time. How about that? All right. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Okay, what's your question or comment? I want to talk solutions. Okay, real quick. Okay. So basically, my, do I want to introduce myself? Yeah, so my name is um, C. Aaron Hinton. I'm born and raised out here in Brownsville, where we have the highest concentration of public housing. Um, part of the problem that I'm seeing is that, you know, it comes about down to accountability. We want to hold everybody accountable, our electeds, uh, the government. We want to always talk about that, but we don't hold ourselves accountable. So I'm going to just quit to a real quick solution. I started a, new, a nonprofit organization called Deuces, Inc., right? And I'm born and raised out here in Brownsville, and this is a for us, by us organization. I don't go outside the community to ask people for resources. I feel like we should be bringing the resources to our Ourselves. We have it. I started this the way we get funding. I okay. took. Do you have a? Uh, well, that's fantastic. Okay, right. real quick, real quick, because okay, the line is really long. So right, and right. the time is really short. So, so I literally took all I had was $194 a month in food stamps. I took that money, went to BJ's, bought boxes of candies, put it in kids' hands, had them on the street selling candy, turning into cash, and now we funding ourselves. We feed ourselves, and we do everything on our own. So we need to stop begging everybody for what we need and stop buying what we want, because that's what we're doing, and we need to start doing this ourselves. That's All right, I'm awesome saying. message. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. Good evening. My name is Jesse Gordon. Unfortunately, um, my family suffered a tragedy last October. My little cousin was killed. We have I'm established. So sorry to hear that. Thank you. We established a scholarship fund in his honor. It's called the Jatel. I mean, it's called the Melquan Jatel Anderson Scholarship at John Jay College. It's for students with 2.0 and below because we feel that they're a, a a population that's struggling, that people don't care about. But what I want to say today is that we got to find ways to turn our, our pain into power. And this is just one of the ways that we're trying to do this. And I encourage other people that's going through something that have experienced tragedy to do the same. Find a way, support an organization. Or if you feel that you're not being supported, create your own organization to do something to help your community. Thank you. All right, thank you so much. I'm sorry for your family's loss. All right, I want to cut, I want to cut the line here and get some of the youth in here. One of the students, tell, I want you to tell everybody your first name. My name is Key Meyer. I'm from Bronzeville Collaborative Middle School from Gregory Jackson, Jr. Um, 
despite the negativity, I want to bring the positivity in. We want that. That's great. So the positivity was when I was like young. I used to be, you know, like when she was young. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be like, oh, I'm so young, but younger. I used to be like the rough kid and wanted to do anything, not wanted to listen. But when I got to Bronze Collaborative Middle School, it changed me. It made me feel like I wanted to be positive. When Gregory Jackson came in, it just made me feel like. What What made you want to be positive and change your life around? Because. And how old were you when that this was going on? I was like, probably like 14, 15. 14, okay. And it just made me feel positive. And he helped the community, so it made me, like, we can change the world. I saw all the negativity, and when everybody would say, Bronze was bad, or Bronze was this, I wanted to change. So now that I'm graduating, I want to go in middle schools and elementary schools to help them, to show them that they have someone. They can be positive. They, is they worth everything. That's beautiful. Thank you. What do, you, what, do you, what do you want people to understand about your generation? I want them to understand it's not all about fighting and going against each other. We should always come together and be like, the, we should be, we bronzers, we're supposed to stick together, no matter how many times people put us down. So I want the younger youth to realize that we're all in this together. All right, thank you so much. Thank you, good luck with everything. How about that, and she's graduating. I wish we had more time, but we're just about, uh, we're just about out of time here. What, I'm getting, people are pointing at me and everything. I, I'm getting a lot of pointing. I don't know what, what you're pointing at. Uh, did you want to say one more student? We can squeeze in one more student? Okay, come on in. Sir. All right. You got a lot of advocates here. Okay, tell, tell us your first name. Hi, I'm Mia, and I go to Achievement First University Prep in Brooklyn. I'm a senior. And I just wanted to know uh, what more can be done to bring more charter schools into our community? Okay, that's a whole new topic, and I got like 30 seconds left in the show, so we're not going to be able to get into that, okay? <laughs> I have, you guys, I'm so out of time. I'm so, I'm so out of time right now. But um, I want <laughs> this always happens with our show. Right at the end, somebody brings up a whole other topic, but that's okay. It's all good. We want to have everybody to have their, their, point, their point of view. I'm so sorry. I wish we had more time. I'm so, so sorry we don't have more time for more questions, but I, I want to thank our panel here for being with us and uh, also for bringing us to Brownsville. I want to thank Papoose. Yes. Senator Jesse Hamilton, thank you for the invitation. And Ms. Pitts, the principal, for hosting us here at PS284. LaShawn Paul, thank you so much. And also, Quardine, thank you very much for being with us. We really appreciate it. I'm Lisa Evers, your host. I want to thank everybody that came out and showed us so much love here in Brownsville. Remember, use your mind, it's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace.